time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore investment strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm your host, Chris Ragland, and with me as always are my esteemed co-hosts, Jaden Newman and Romney Navarro. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thank you, Chris. I love that that intro, esteemed. Did you like that? Finally gave it to esteemed? me. Esteemed? That was good. Yes. I, yeah. You or was fi- that just for Jaden? No, yeah. Sorry. I, the, you didn't see the comma. That was for Jaden <laughs> and then comma and Romney Navarro. Got it. <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way. And this guy. Yeah. Oh, and this guy. Yeah. So, hey, listen, uh, we are the Noble Capital Radio Hour. If you're interested in what we're going to be talking about today, stand by. But just a little bit about us. Noble Capital is an alternative investment firm. We specialize in private lending and real estate. And we do that for our clients, which are investors who tend to be interested in, you know, really nice income planning strategies for retirement. That's what we do. That's what Noble Capital's all about. I'm really excited today because we're also joined by a special guest, Mr. William Meller, who's the vice president and general manager uh, I guess it's really essentially of economic impact and research, right, of Angelou Economics. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So we're going to come back here in a minute. And we're going to dive into some data, uh, some really interesting information. Today's show, I love this name, and this is such a Texan thing to do, is to call it The Californians Are Coming. <laughs> Who came up with that? I don't know, but it's it's such a Texas comment, right? So people that yeah. live in Texas, they blame it all on who? California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The Californians. You know. So everything's changing. Who's to blame? Yep. The yep. Californians. Yeah, the I Californians. think it was William that came up with that name. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So he must be from Texas. <laughs> How long have you lived here? Uh, I was born here, but actually, see, there uh, you go. Yep. Done. Native Texan. <laughs> Fantastic. Native Texan. So that's why I came up with the name. Yeah. No kidding. Hey, last week though, we talked about where is your safety net? It was the state of Social Security in America. Really exciting topic, but honestly, one that has to be talked about, right? So we dove into Social Security and how that plays an important role in your retirement income plan. And today we're talking about changes to the economic landscape of the state of Texas, and maybe in particular, thanks to uh, some of our you know, new residents, relatively new, um, constant change in residents in the makeup of the state of Texas. So that's what we're doing. We're going to dive into some of the economic drivers of Texas real estate. So I, I think, and I'm looking at some of our notes here, we're going to talk about things like, I don't know, jobs, employment data, uh, you know, demographic data, but basically what are the things that are driving the growth of Texas real estate? So we're going to get into that. That's pretty exciting. I guess we should also talk about the state of the company. Absolutely. That's the big one. In fact, one of the reasons William's joining us is because they are going to be joining us at the state of the company meeting on Tuesday, July the 24th. So we asked, I think we spoke about this about a month and a half, Mm -hmm. two months ago or so, talking about, hey, we'd really like to bring some value, valuable content to this meeting where we typically just talk about how things are going in terms of our, our company. And we talked about, let's give them some market data, some some things that they haven't heard, some things that they haven't seen. And William, he, he agreed. And so here we are two weeks out or a week out, excuse me. 
and they're going to be presenting at the state of the company essentially what we're calling more so the state of the economy, specifically the Texas economy. So if you're interested in that, text us. Text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, and text that to 313131. So the word money to the number 313131. It's Noble Capital's state of the company on Tuesday, July 24th in Austin. That's pretty exciting. Yep. You can also check out more information on Noble Capital and all things related at noblecapital.com. You can also view us on our social media. We're on all the social media. All the social medias. Can you just do that? Is that how it works now? Just, yeah, just any one of them. I think they all connect right now. Right. I asked my 13-year-old cousin. I was like, what do you call it? He's like, you're an idiot. That was literally his response. What does he call it? I don't know. I thought it was the social media. I wonder what the, what a kid calls it. So I'll ask my daughter, yeah. even though she's not on the social media the same way we are. It's a different it's a different world. Yeah, we're all old people on Facebook apparently. So that's yeah, where we live. That is where we live, and they're on the snaps. That so. said, we're we're not on the snaps, guys, but we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So definitely check us out. Noble Capital. We'll, you'll find us there. All right. So you want to do this thing? So every week we, we actually have our producer Sean Harris take the street and looking in search for the answers to some of the world's most pressing financial questions. Every week he does this. Every week he ambushes a bunch of strangers, and every week they reluctantly give him answers. So it's been one of the funner kind of bits that we've had on the air, and I think we want to do it again today and just jump right into it so we could set the stage for what we're going to be talking about with William. So let's just jump right in this week's episode of Sean on the Street. This is Sean on the Street, and this week we're going to go out into the wide world, and we're going to find some people to talk to about economic drivers of the real estate market in Texas. Austin's a great real estate market right now. I yeah, mean, it's it, it's hard for first-time homebuyers, I think, but there's a lot of growth going on. And, yeah. Uh, lot of opportunity. Well, then let me, let me ask you, since you, you have done a couple of these real estate investment projects, what do you think is driving home prices in an upward or positive direction in Texas? I mean, it seems like it's people moving from other places, mostly. They're really okay. uh, folks coming from more expensive real estate markets to uh, Austin hoping to find something more affordable. Do you think they will find something more affordable? I mean, compared to San Francisco, we're a great market. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Uh, Okay, great. Unfortunately for people, you know, here who've been here for a long time, teachers here, those kind of folks, it's it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So which of the five biggest cities in Texas do you think has the highest median home price? I don't know. I would I would tend to say Dallas, but I think it's becoming Austin quickly. Actually, it is Austin. What would you guess the median home price in the state of Texas is right now? And this is kind of both new new homes and resale homes. What would you guess? Wow, two twenty-five. Median home price in Austin? Uh, I'd say more three eighty. What would you guess is the median home price in Texas as a state? Um, in Texas as a state. That would be hard to say, but I'd say right about 250. Which of the five major cities in Texas do you think has the highest median home price? So Austin, Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth, San Antonio. I would say first Austin, then Dallas, and then Houston. You're right, actually. Okay. <laughs> Austin and then Dallas. Yep. And then Fort Worth and Houston are kind of running neck and neck right now. And then, of course, San Antonio is just a little bit below. Why do you think that this is one of the strongest housing markets in the country? I think it has a lot to do with all the tech companies that have moved here from California. Their market is so expensive that they can sell their one-bedroom condo for a million dollars. 
by multiple properties here in Austin. So yeah. it's definitely inviting for investors and people who work in the tech companies. What do you think drives the, the strength of the real estate market in Texas? Probably the diversity here. So it's a very diverse area. There's a lot of high-tech jobs. I mean, right over here we've got Amazon and HomeAway and Facebook has an office here. And, and you have uh, no state income tax, right? Yeah, that's a good so you've one. Got yeah. a lot of, you got a lot of transplants, people that are selling out of those markets, like, you know, up in the Northeast or you know California, and they're flush with cash, and they can come in here, plunk it into a property right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the growth, the the tech growth within Houston, Dallas, and Austin is really facilitating you know the housing boom. For better or worse, this has been Sean on the Street with the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Back to you, Chris. Oh, thanks for that, Sean. You know what? I think I detected some people, maybe not from California. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounded like at least one guy was from down under. I don't know. Yeah, that was actually all I kept hearing is, you know, people coming from these other cities and, and so on and so forth. Not not necessarily just the state income tax or the lack of state income tax. It was yeah. people coming from other cities and the and the demand. That was interesting. You sent us an article. We We looked at an article last week about that about million dollar homes and then they're essentially i think it was a percentage so let me see if i could read it here median home values over a million dollars so a share of million dollar homes so what percentage of the marketplace is made up of million dollar homes austin was the highest ranking texas city on the list but just about everybody was california sure so i think austin ranked number 11 yeah it was it was high in the the, the rankings yeah and what was interesting, it was something like 3% of okay. homes are over a million. But when you look at like San Jose or... It was like 50%. San, yeah, like 50% <laughs> yeah. of the homes <laughs> like, were over a million dollars. So what do you think, William, what do you think about the the uh, Sean on the street? Did uh, those answers surprise you or did that sound on par with kind of the average person on the street? Yeah, it sounds pretty on par with, uh, you know, what people would typically know about uh, the real estate markets here in Texas and here in Austin. Uh, certainly no surprise that most people think that... Uh, most people are coming from California, and actually the numbers bear that out, so they're right on. Oh, okay. So we can keep using this generalization, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just reinforced everything. It's like, oh, yeah, it's it's all about the people coming here from California. So you know what was interesting? Uh, William was actually quoted in an article, and I want to talk about that when we rejoin here in a second. So we're going to take a break. I want to hear about what you had to say, uh, and it looks like it was in the Austin Culture Map, which is a really neat kind of uh, publication to put out. But And we're going to dive into some of this data on the next segment. Uh, but anything else surprise you, Rodney, Jaden, on those on those uh, answers? I just I was I wasn't surprised, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised that they they got it dead on. I mean, they did. These but, are the reasons. And here's the other thing too: we didn't get the answer. So Sean asked a lot of questions, and we got the answers from them. But when we get back, William's going to give us the real data. Hang in there. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we are discussing the economic drivers of real estate in Texas. This is your host, Chris Ragland. I'm honestly really excited about today because so many people ask me, for my professional opinion on the real estate drivers in Texas. And I always start with a disclaimer and I tell them, well, you know, I'm not an economist, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, or I'm not an attorney or I'm not this, I'm not that, but here's my personal opinion. So today we finally have someone that's smarter than me. That's going to back up everything that I said, right? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny about Chris. Anytime you ask him any question, he always starts with, I'm not a fill in the blank. Right. I do every single time. That's my get out of jail What'd you have for card? lunch? I'm not a chef. Well, you know, I'm not a chef, but I ate a sandwich. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> is that how it is? If Everything. you're just joining us, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. We are an alternative investment company focusing on a lot of times on real estate. And to join us today, we have Mr. William Miller from Angelou Economics. It's going to be providing some feedback and actual real data and expert opinion on economic drivers of the Texas real estate economy. And specifically for us, we're interested in real estate. So that's what we're talking about today. Thank you again for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. I, I dropped it out. We had a little article. Jaden gave us an article a couple of days ago that we were looking at million dollar houses. And you've talked about essentially, here's the quote, right? I'm going to read a quote from an article that you had. Booming Austin topples rest of Texas to become top economic powerhouse in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's I like that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rocking it here in Austin. So what does that mean? We're, what do you mean we're rocking it? And, and this is the thing. Everyone's like, why, you know, Chris, you're so confident in the real estate in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, well, that's because of these things, right? So talk to me about those things. Like what's going on in Austin at a broad sense or even in the Texas economy at a broad sense that gives people confidence? Like what, what is that? What are these drivers? Yeah. So first I would start at the broad level and talk about the state of Texas. So the state of Texas, you know, we like to talk about the Texas miracle. Uh, and what that is, I mean, all you have to do is, is read some of the headlines that are out there. Um, if Texas were its own economy, we'd be the 11th largest economy in the world. Uh, if, um, you know, the tax foundation has ranked us with the fifth lowest tax burden of any state in the country, uh, the chief executive magazine ranks us for the 13th year in a row as the best state to do business. So Austin being in Texas, we're very well positioned to be, be able to take advantage of a lot of these larger, uh, advantages that come with being in the state of Texas. A lot of tailwinds for us, what Absolutely. you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that have lined up that, you know, we're just... I mean, we're sitting here in the golden land is what it is. You know, it's, it's hard to, to do anything wrong. But we've talked many times on our show about how that, that can quickly change, right? And how you always have to prepare yourself for those darker days ahead. But we're seeing a lot of great things happen in the marketplace, and that's pretty exciting. What do you think about the responses from some of our street listeners on maybe average home prices and, and things about real estate related in general? Were they on the mark? Were they missing it? What did you think about that? They, they were pretty well on the mark. The, uh-huh. So your your average people you get on the street actually have a pretty pretty good understanding of what what is driving our, our markets here in Austin and here in Texas. Yeah, and you think they have an idea in terms of um, real estate value as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, they said it right on. So when you, uh, a lot of our in-migration does come from California. Actually, California is the plurality of the most of the people that move into Texas. Uh, and when you can sell your home for a million dollars and come into Austin, you know, in Texas, Austin is... Uh, no longer as affordable as, as any other place in Texas. But when you're comparing us to California and places like San Francisco and San Jose and Los Angeles, we're, we're very much affordable. I, I have a question about that. So Austin's not as affordable as any other place in Texas. It's, it's, it's now the, the king of the mountain. Um, we've been looking at median home prices a lot in the office for the last several years, but recently we're really starting to pay attention to, to trends. And one thing that's kind of been jumping out at me, and I mean, quote me, I'm obviously, I'm not an economist, <laughs> but uh, you, median home price doesn't necessarily suggest health of the economy. It does suggest wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so talk to us about that. I mean, because the median home prices are high, it's kind of a, I don't know, it kind of makes it feel like things are going real well. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Well, as you talked about in the, the article that was just released of we're, I think, 11th on the list for, you know, share of homes of over a million 
you know, when you talk about median and averages, things can get skewed. It's just one number talking about the entire economy. So when you talk about the health of the economy, we like to look at average home prices, but we also like to look at population growth, job creation, you know, what are, um, what's going on in the retail sector, what are retail sales doing, uh, things that are going to indicate what confidence that consumers have in the market. And that leads to, you know, what they're going to ultimately spend on a home or even be able to, to purchase a home. Yeah, I think it, I think there's this misconception out there that the more expensive a home is, the the better a market is. I mean, San Jose, the median home price is over a million dollars. I don't, I don't. That feels broken, mm-hmm. lopsided, upside down. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. But all of the other factors are in place. And I was looking at some of that. There's unemployment. There's there's job growth. There's days on market at the very granular. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? The very granular real estate level. Um, inventory, months of available inventory, all of those things combined really do kind of suggest or give you an idea of the health of a marketplace. Do you have any information on that specific to Austin and some of the competing big cities in Texas? Yeah, and and I want to elaborate. Let's talk about some of the employment drivers specifically, Mm -hmm. right? Because if there's no job, it doesn't necessarily, you know, you can't move to a place where you can't get a job, Mm -hmm. right? So unemployment's a big driver. So let's talk about the employment factors that are impacting us. Sure, absolutely. So after, over the past couple of years, uh, Texas has been able to create jobs at a faster rate than the U.S. on average and actually most of the states in the country. So when you talk about job creation, uh, Texas does very well. Austin does very well. Uh, there's actually been a, an interesting phenomenon that we've talked about uh, or you've heard some of the headlines over the maybe the past year or two of, you know, has Austin peaked out? You know, we're seeing job growth not as high as we used to be. Well, job growth in Austin used to be four and a half percent. I mean, that, that's a gangbusters. I mean, any any city would, would kill for that kind of employment growth. So now we're growing at about two and a half to three uh, percent. And so there's, there's you almost hear like, oh, the sky's falling in Austin. But actually, we're still doing very well. What's happening is just that we're a more mature economy that's going to grow at more mature rates. Interesting. So you normally I think of unemployment as almost like a fixed available workforce and then you have jobs that are coming online, right? And new jobs and better types of jobs and people mm-hmm. are trading out. And, but what's going on here, and, and this to me is part of some of the risk factor that I perceive is you have all these people moving here and you also have all these jobs being created at the same time. Whereas normally it's kind of one or the other factor tends to happen, but maybe that's not true. These things can both be very aggressive in different ways and still result in a net positive for, for an economy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So in Austin, especially, but Texas too, uh, because we have such large population growth, you know, you might make the assumption that, well, do we have the jobs to be able to support the, the influx of people? Uh, but what you see is you can look at our unemployment rates over time and see that they're, they're relatively stable. Now, they've been going down for the past, you know, since 2010. But um, uh, so the fact that all these people are coming in and we're creating jobs to be able to support those people coming in uh, just shows you that... Um, you know, investors have a lot of confidence. Uh, business owners have a lot of confidence, not just from <clears throat> not just from the ability to to come in and and be able to support your business operations, but uh, understanding that you can attract people from all over the country to come here to Texas. And that's another factor too. I think historically speaking, people were less interested to move far away from maybe where their cultural norm or their family they had deep roots. Mm-hmm. Is there any data to support that the current generation of the workforce, the new workforce in particular? I'm trying to avoid saying uh, millennials, but those <laughs> under 40. Like, is there any data to support that they're more mobile in terms of geographic location? They're they're more apt to pick up and just move where the economy is healthier. Mm-hmm. 
I would say actually us as Americans in general are more apt to be more mobile than uh, than other countries across the world. Uh, we're a very individualistic society. We have really no issue with moving across the country to take a job. Um, so, you know, how that spans across generations, I don't have the data on that, but uh, I would suspect that probably, you know, younger generations would be right in line with where we've been for, for decades. You know, if you guys are measuring that though right now, is that something you're looking at, what what's happening at the generational level? I mean, I know you don't have it with you at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in particular at the generational level, we're interested in how younger generations are buying homes, when they're buying homes, what kind of credit they have, uh, and and really what is their overall um, you know ability or even propensity to 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 enter the housing market. Yeah, and I think that's a big one. You hear a lot of people talking about that, the propensity for them to enter the housing market. There's mm -hmm. a lot of these late bloomers that sat around that kind of came of age and went to college during this great recession, and they're like, I don't want to own a house. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. They don't want to uh, own a house, uh, but also even uh, a lot of times even own a car. Yes. Yeah, the world has changed. Jaden, you got kids. What are they thinking? They want to they want to sign up for a house note? Well, I I guess that'd be nice. They I'd like to see them pay cash. <laughs> they can. They see. got a lot of work to there do. There you go. So there's somebody that's been through a cycle or two. He's talking about paying cash. I like that. That's you know, pretty awesome. Another thing, guys, I know we're about to go into a break, is maybe we can hit on uh, energy because what I'm reading now is is oil is coming back strong Here it on comes. the national level. And then, you know, what's that going to do to the Houston market? Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. And now, back to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this week's topic is the economic drivers of real estate in Texas. We have a guest with us in the house, Mr. William Meller, who is with Angelou Economics. It's been fun. He's been throwing out a lot of uh, stats for us and uh, basically just re reinforcing uh, prejudices against Californians. Yes. <laughs> great title. Great show title. By the way, William, I love the stats. I think you should answer every question with a stat, even if it's a yes every or no. Every question with a stat. stat. Yes, but only 27% of the time. Yeah. No. But hey, listen, if you're just joining us, this is the Noble Capital Radio. You can find out more information about us at noblecapital.com. Noble Capital, an alternative investing firm specializing in helping retirees establish their income plans but also specializing in private lending and real estate. And that's our secret sauce. We're talking a lot today about real estate and how it relates to you, the listener, the investor, and our client. Yeah, let's talk about that one more time. We've actually got our quarterly state of the company coming up here next week. We're, I mean, it's this Tuesday, Tuesday, the 24th of July. So join us, join us at this event. You're going to hear the folks from Angelou on stage talking about what what's happening in the Texas economy, giving us a little bit of a quote-unquote state of the economy presentation, and then hopefully engaging with you guys after the fact to learn a little bit more about what's going on. But it's great content that we'd love to deliver to you in addition to telling you about all the things that are going on in the company. Best way to RSVP for this event. This event, again, is Tuesday, July 24th from 6.30 to 8 at the Renaissance Austin Hotel. The best way to RSVP is to text the word money to the number 313131. That's it. That's it. Yep. All right. So what does this mean for us? So we've said it a couple of times on the show here, but we are a private lending institution. So what that means for the casual listener or for just this conversation, we're talking about guys that come to us, the private lending industry, they're borrowing money from us. And that's one of the products, one of the investment tools that we use in our retirement planning services that we've talked about a lot. And they're borrowing money specifically to go out and either 
flip or improve property, right? Do some construction or to build new housing stock. And we all know, especially you, I'm looking at you, William, it's new housing stock is certainly needed, right? And I think Texas never really caught back up from the housing shortage in the Great Recession. So, you know, we were kind of the last ones to go into recession, the first to come out, but housing starts those did disappear and mm-hmm. they didn't come back. And so there's this like backlog of inventory that never really came back. And, and I think that fundamentally is what fuels a lot of this uh, price increase because it's just fundamental laws of supply and demand. Am I wrong or, or no, am I you're, right? You're right on. Okay. Um, so one of the questions that we get a lot is, you know, Austin has such high housing prices, like we got to be in a bubble, right? Uh, but our response is no. Uh, we're we're not really even close to a bubble. The issue really is just supply and demand. There's not a lot of speculation going on in the market. Um, you know, you, you hit it right on, Chris. The starts are just not at the level that they need to be to be able to uh, bring prices down, to be able to put the number of people in new homes that want to be in new homes. See, and this is what's interesting. The starts are not. And part of that is because the finance industry, if you will, is the banking industry they're not really interested in providing these types of loans, this service to home builders, you know, especially the small guy, right? The the guy that's like flipping one or two or three or four houses a year or building a, a spec home. They're not interested in that. And, and I don't know that they ever will be. And that's where noble capital fits into the picture. So we've, we've created this private lending program that we're able to provide that financing. So that guy can go out there and build that house, which we know the economy is saying there is a need for, and at the same time, we're able to create a really nice yield back to our investor clients. And, and this goes all the way down into income planning strategies and diversification into portfolios with our clients. And that, Jaden, that's what you do on a daily basis. That's right, Chris. And I j- just listening to the show, if I'm a retiree here th- thinking about where to go with my investments in retirement to have stability, to have income to have something that I, I, I can sleep good about, you know, sleep good at night over. I mean, we just broke down the Texas economy for you. We've got a lot more we can provide, but com- compare that to trying to do research on your stock picks right now in, in a market that's already top heavy, that's subject to the volatility um, nationally and internationally. It, it just seems so simple to analyze the Texas market, understand where the economy's at. And, and if I'm a, an investor, I, I would love to get a piece of the action when it comes to Texas residential real estate. And that's that's exactly what we do. So if, if you're a listener, what does all this mean to you? It means that you should at least consider a, a place in your investment portfolio in into Texas residential real estate. And there's really only, you can count them on one hand, the ways to invest in Texas residential real estate, we will make a case for why private lending with Noble Capital is the most conservative way to passively invest into Texas residential real estate at a very fair return. Uh, right now, we're seeing our clients receive in the 7 to 8% interest r- uh, range, and that's that's a phenomenal rate when you back it by this economic data that doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. Yeah, and we're talking about arguably – and maybe factually, the most conservative way to get into this space. That's what we're advocating for, right? And we've built an entire infrastructure and company around that. We've talked about private lending for hours on this show. In fact, if you want to know more about it, you can go online and you can actually download our podcasts where we talk about this specifically. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitch. There's a lot of places out there that you can download previous episodes. So we're not going to dive into it too much 
but because there's just so much material out there. But this is why we have the data here. We're talking about what's supporting this financial vehicle. Yeah, I'm curious to find out a little bit about the new housing starts because part of what we do is we, we're kind of a sector within a sector. So the houses go on, the houses start with or without us, with or without even the investors who are investing by way of noble capital. I thought you were going to quote you two for a minute. It was like with or without you or something. If, if I could have cued our producer. Yeah. That would have been great. <laughs> okay. No, seriously, the, the houses are going to go up with or without us. Am I right? I mean, it, some, somebody somewhere is going to finance this thing. And typically it's going to be the more traditional banking institutions. But then we're this little subsection, you know, subsect of that industry and, and basically putting up new houses at a different level, at a different pace. As you said, the onesie twosies. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if three Z, four Z's is a state, you know, a little bit more than that. Only when you're talking to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not doing subdivisions like that's going on all over the state. And we're also recycling a new um, inventory, if you will. So I'm curious to find out what the what the housing starts have looked like in Austin and in Texas in general. And then maybe even jump into, do you know how much of that is being financed the traditional way? And that, that's probably a loaded question. Yeah. So one of the things that we look at... Um, it, for this data, we look at the Austin market, but we'll look at housing starts and we'll put that against sales uh, as a way to understand what the difference is between the demand of, of housing versus the supply. Uh, and what we find is, uh, as I said earlier, the, the, the demand for housing far outstrips the supply, but uh, that actually comes to a, a factor of about two to one. So uh, demand is about two times more than what supply is in terms of housing starts and has been for uh, probably the past 15 years. So isn't that cumulative then? I mean, yeah. those guys, that, that guy that didn't get a house, he doesn't go away. And then yeah. next year, it's two to one again. There's mm -hmm. another new guy. Right. You know, and that's what elevation of real estate value results in, right? Because yeah. they still have to have somewhere to go and they still have to somewhere to live. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're talking about somebody who is here local, uh, they're now having to compete with people coming in from more expensive markets who have more wealth and more uh, ability to be able to all day long. Them. And that's why you're seeing something in this real estate cycle that I haven't seen. And I've, I've been doing this for like, I'm a year shy of 20 years now being in real estate as an investment. And we're seeing more cash offers now. Like, they don't need financing. And it's because you have like, what you're talking about, a disparity in value. You sell a house for $1.5 million in California. You come over here and you buy a $400,000 property with cash. Mm -hmm. No problem, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I mean, you're looking at, I've seen it as much as 30 and, and in really, really hard times, 50% of the housing and the contracts coming in at cash. Mm -hmm. And if, if you want to put a generational spin on that, uh, it's Gen Xers who are making those cash cash offers. You know, millennials, they're having to finance the older generations. They're still using traditional finance, but it's the Gen Xers who are. Def define Gen X for the listeners real quick. Yeah. So De it would kind be... of delineate or define them and the millennials age, age range. Yeah. So millennials typically uh, born 1990 uh, and, and above. Uh, Gen Xers fall between uh, millennials and boomers. So that puts them, you know, 1980 to, uh, you know, estimates usually 1965, 1970. Right. Again, I'm also curious about this. What what data you have on the demo, on that specifically? So the boomer generation was gigantic. There was a zillion of them. And well, we were they, just, they all came home from World War II, and what else are you going to do? Party. Party. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a zillion of them. We were just talking about it on last week's show. So Gen Xers, it felt like that got a little bit smaller. What is what does the millennial generation look like? Is, is it? Mm -hmm. As big as the boomer gen generation? So, so I can talk about that in terms of workforce. So the boomers were the largest portion of the workforce for, for a long time. Uh, then came the Gen Xers. They got about four years in the limelight of being the, the primary 
proponent of the, or the, the primary uh, portion of the workforce, then millennials took over. So millennials are a very large generation, uh, and they've already surpassed Gen Xers as being the largest aspect of and the And they're workforce. still young, so they've got some staying power. Mm-hmm. Millennials work. <laughs> we just said we're talking about population jade not not uh, contributing okay. uh providers i can't get him to mow the lawn <laughs> i think he's talking about his kids yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right the the latest generation whatever those are going to be called yeah, what, what what's after call what's that? after millennials what's the up and coming gen z Ah, Gen Z. Gen Z. And then there's no more people after that because we ran out of the alphabet, right? That's That's right. <laughs> the world ends. The world ends. <laughs> Gen AA. Oh, boy. Never mind. That's great. Well, this is great. So we understand the impact on property values, right? We see this people moving here because there's jobs, but not necessarily somewhere to live. So very, very basic fundamental economics. The demand is outstripping the supply. Therefore, the supply price starts to float. It's very, very simple, right? And that's why I agree with you. I, I tell people that all the time. I say it's not a bubble. It's supported by fundamental economics. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I'm glad I'm not lying to people. That's nice. <laughs> well, I'm, again, man, this is this is a great conversation because you, you're bringing a lot of information into the studio that we normally don't have. So I'm curious, when you start looking at at trends in, in your day-to-day, you know, what you do, you obviously consult with clients mm-hmm. and you give them some direction as to, you know, this looks like a sweet spot or this looks like the next trend or something is happening here. But do you ever get excited about like, oh, wow, we just saw something. For instance, we need to be building in Austin mm-hmm. or building a lot. Let's bring new inventory. Do you ever, do you get excited about that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, as an economist, anything data, I get excited. So right. This guy's a total nerd in here, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Love uh, it. But, um, you know, specifically in Austin, you know, you see up and coming neighborhoods uh, like the east side, you know, everything that's happening east of 35 downtown is just incredible. Uh, and you can see in the numbers as that was taking place that, um, you know, some of those trends are, 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 are they have staying power. They're going to be around. So, yeah, when that's it, absolutely When true. it comes to our business, yeah, as you understand it now, private lending, uh, can you comment on anything uh, about that fix and flip or rehab infill? Mm-hmm. We obviously we want our listeners and and even at at our state of the company as as we're presenting to our actual clients, it, it's interesting to tie it back to what this means to them. And, but also, I'd and I'd like to open it up a little bit too. Talk about the state in general. One of the things that we have that is a real issue for us: the majority of our retail investors they're Austin residents, so they like to invest in Austin. And I have a hard time sometimes explaining to them Dallas is a great place to put your money. You know, mm-hmm. Houston, San Antonio, like the state as a whole. Is, is a great place, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so when you look at um, other metros across Texas, Houston, uh, Dallas, even San Antonio, these are great places to make investments. So it's not just Austin. And, uh, you know, the, the Texas miracle, as we said, is alive and well. We have, you know, a thousand people moving to Texas every single day. About 765 jobs are created every single day in the state of Texas. Uh, not all of that is happening in Austin. Right. Yeah. There's no kidding. I mean, there's a lot going on in other markets and maybe we'll have a little bit of time to jump into this in the next segment. But one of the most recent things that Jaden was just talking about is essentially the resurgence of oil, right? Oil and gas. It's uh, especially in Texas. It's back. It's back. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading that the United States is now poised to be the largest producer of oil because of things that are happening uh from a global standpoint and in Texas is in in the words of, of this article I just I just read is is now looking at being supercharged by the the effects of of the oil boom that's coming it's gone up from about $45 a barrel to I think it went up and kissed $75 last week 
Wow. All right, let's jump into that when we come back. We'll be right back. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we're back. If you just tuned in, we've been exploring the economic drivers of real estate in Texas. I'm your host, Chris Ragland, and this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. This has been a great show today. We've been able to incorporate a lot of what we do, whether it's for our investor clients that we help out in their retirement planning and their income strategies, talking specifically about private lending and how we participate in the overall real estate market in the state of Texas. Uh, this Honestly, I've been really excited. I haven't been this excited on the radio in a while. So maybe I just drank a lot of coffee or maybe it's because we're joined by our expert today. I've been excited too. Yeah. And, and I did drink a lot of coffee, but I've been excited too because it's been pretty valuable content. This is oftentimes we jump into that that comfort zone, that place that we know so well. Now we're jumping into somebody else's area of expertise. And as Jaden started talking about oil, I was like, all right, let me start taking some notes. Right. Well, now here it comes. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we could we could probably do a whole show on oil and gas and how it impacts uh, real estate in the state of Texas. That's that's a big deal. Uh, but I've got a lot of friends in that industry from an investor level all the way down to roughnecks. Right. And I'll tell you, one of the things that didn't stop when the price fell out was innovation. And that's a big driver for what they're able to do now and why they're able to ramp up production so rapidly is some of the innovation that's happened out there is is remarkable. And it's not necessarily spread to the rest of the world yet. So, yeah, guess what? Another way that Texas real estate economy is going to be hyper-fueled. Here it comes again. That yep. The innovation sounds so micro. I wonder what's, what you would attest this new kind of oil revolution to. What What globally has happened and maybe break broken down by through the words of an economist. What globally has happened that's gotten us here? One of the things I, I I'll mention, you know, for for our business is we, we saw a little slump in Houston, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. So th- this is exciting for our business to see uh, Houston coming back. And that that's going to directly impact that Houston residential real estate market. Yeah, absolutely. When energy comes back, Houston obviously sees a float. Houston's done a great job. This is something I, I studied enormously whenever you know oil fell apart was the Houston's efforts to diversify their economy mm-hmm. you know and they as a you know they themselves right have done a great job of increasing technology healthcare sectors tourism and those are the other three big drivers and, and not that order but those are three big drivers to help them have you seen some of that? and maybe talk about Houston specifically for just a minute yeah so one of the things that, that we would recommend to any public sector client that we're working with is how are you, can you diversify your economy um, you know, when you look at Texas in the 80s, we had the oil bust, and Texas uh, was hurt very badly. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, but when we had the most recent bust, uh, Texas wasn't hurt that bad because we diversified our economy. So to talk about Houston, uh, a resurgence of oil is, is really going to you know put them back to where they were, especially after what happened with Hurricane Harvey. You know, they need all the help they can get, and this is going to this is going to put them back on the right track. Guys, I uh, I'll tell you this. The, I'm equally as excited. It seems like we just bolstered the economic case for for our business model, and and our clients deserve this. And this is uh, this is like serving up red meat to the the investor that's looking at residential real estate, private lending. Excuse me if you're a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> Tofu. But, but the thing 
that that's exciting to me as as you know a partner and a leader in this company is we have this great economic as you said Chris tailwind here that's going to carry us for years to come everybody's talking about when when's the fallout going to happen how much longer is this going to go on e even with the stock market crash i i often think about you know if we have another stock market crash or downturn how's that going to affect the the texas economy we were generally insulated last time. Do you have any comments on on that? The correlation to the the stock market in Texas? Yeah, mm -hmm. give us give us a quick on that, and then we need to get to the next segment. I'm I'm pretty. We're going to play this game, and we're going to rope you into it, William. All right, all right. So, give, but give us some feedback on that, please. Yeah. So the you know stock markets have been over the past year pretty volatile. Um, so you know in general, um, doing very well. Uh, we've seen a lot of gains. We, it's enough to get people excited, to get investors excited. Uh, but the volatility, I think, is can hold us back uh, to some degree. So yeah. we'd like to see a more stable uh, or a stabilization of the markets, but uh, in general. Do you ever think about the fact I mean, when you hear stuff like all-time highs? I mean, what does that tell you Like, just fundamentally? It's like, well, mm -hmm. there could be some risk there. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> right. So all-time highs are great as long as uh, you have a stable foundation on which you got there. Ah, I see. Yeah, well. Well said. <laughs> there you go. So, All right, Rami, let's do this. Let's do it. It's time to play Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is, where we have to come up with a phrase that sums up this week's episode. It's real simple, but but it's not. Because every week I have to open this thing called a Seanvelope and read the contents of it and follow those contents and basically come up with this phrase. So, in four words, this is these are the contents. It oh, says, this is it. This is the contents. This is it. This is it. Okay, in four ready. words, sum up today's show. However, you must... So incorporate the word Texas. In four words, sum up today's show and incorporate the word Texas. So, I'll say it. Oh, Ready? man, I've got a great one, I'm by the way. This is basic, but this uh, is right down the middle. Like, if, the, if this was golf, this is the center of the fairway. But I'm using a contraction. I'm going to cheat. Texas <laughs> is still booming. One, two, three, four. Man, mine's so, mine's so down the middle. I'm gonna have to pay like somebody for like a copyright infringement. Let's let's yeah, <clears throat> pause the show. Right. I'm ready. Ready? You ready? Go go. Everything's bigger in Texas. Ah, <laughs> went, went for it. Nice. Uh, of course. I mean, how do you not have that? That's amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Love it. You're talking to a guy that wears boots every day too, by the way. So yeah, not me. So we've got two other guys kind of looking out into space in this room. But <laughs> well, do you want to go next, William, or do you sure. want Jaden to go? I'll go for it. Okay. U.S. strong, Texas stronger. Oh! <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Um, Killer. Give it to him. <laughs> that's, well, you know. Man, that's yeah, a hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Hallelujah. Well done, sir. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. All right, Jaden. No pressure. Texas private lending rocks. That's good. <laughs> so true. So oh, let me man. let me jump into one last thing because we actually haven't even given William a chance to tell people where they could learn more about what he does and what they're doing. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, you said something about the public sector earlier. So who is your clientele and how can they reach out? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a consulting firm. Uh, economic development is our specialty. And we work with public sector clients. We work with uh, private sector clients to do economic impact studies. And we even do site selection consulting to help companies expand or relocate operations. Wow. So if you want to learn more, you can check us out at angeloeconomics.com. Uh, and also every year we do an Austin and Texas economic forecast where we look at the year behind and the two years forward. So you can find that on our website. I would love to to be a bigger part of that if you guys ever need any type of any, anything from any organizations like ours. Yeah, like ours. Romney, he's an expert. He just, he I, yeah, I will absolutely. give you my expert advice. Excellent. It's incredible. 
Incredible. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one last thing, and I would love to have you back on the show, and if not this show, another show, but something because you're bringing such great content. I think we've got an audience out there that's really interested in what you've got to say, and hopefully it's something that can benefit you all too. I look yeah. forward to that. And yeah. if you want to hear some of it, they're going to be talking at our state of the company. So one last time, Romney, if you want to get a tidbit of what Angel Economics provides, we're going to have some of that at our state of the company, which is coming up. When, where, and how do you register, Romney? When? Tuesday, July 24th, where Renaissance Austin Hotel in Austin, Texas. We'll be there from 630 to 8, and the way to register is to text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, to the number 313131. That's going to be super exciting. This is it's a big awesome. event. This yeah. is generally, there's there's you know, a handful of people here, right? We're talking like a couple hundred, maybe 300 people sometimes show Hopefully, up man. Hopefully, hopefully you guys listening out there join us because this is really where we get to tell you everything that's going on out there and where we can potentially help you. Yeah, definitely. So if you're interested in investing or you want to hear about some of the ways that we can help you with retirement planning or private lending aspects of your portfolio, that's what we do at Noble Capital. And I would say the state of the company is one of the best ways to learn about us. So we also do invite limited numbers of new clients to also come and listen to us. It's an exciting event. It's a way for you to talk to some of our existing clientele. William, thanks for being here today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So we hope today's topic was valuable to you. If it wasn't, well, we brought it to you anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So that's got to be worth something, right? <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm Romney. I'm Jaden. And you've been listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured in this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.